I play some old songs, sentimental songs, and like uh, it sort of hits me hard, so I end up like uh, shedding a tear or two. But sometimes I don't even like I don't even be crying. These are just normal tears. Like they just keep flowing. And like uh, if you come in and see me in the dark, like just a candle and like listening to some sentimental music of the sixties, like you say that I'm I'm getting like suicidal or down depressed or something. And yet it wouldn't be. It's just my eyes keep watering and like I love that music and sometimes I like just sitting in the in the shed with just a candle in even in total dark total darkness, even even without the music. It's just uh, the way I feel. Solitude like is like as they say, you are your own best friend. You're somebody you can trust. So I can trust myself and I can trust my alter ego, my other half. That was Henry. He has a story to tell, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Before we can hear his tale, I must first find Henry, and that's never easy. There's somebody up there with Henry, is there? There's somebody up with Henry? Uh, well, I'll be up with him shortly. Do you know him? Very well, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> yeah he's a bit of a character, isn't he? Tiny. That's where he was known and most of I will learn more about Henry from others than I do from the man himself. Well, he's getting very organised with himself. He's, he usually walks up here with me. But uh, he's on a computer now. He's computer buff. Is he a He's very easy. He's innocent kind of fellow, really. No, no, there's nothing offensive about him. He knows everyone here in England, doesn't he? Oh, well, he, he makes it his business. That's, that's been sour. <laughs> is George here? I don't know, and I don't know who George is now. Is George a friend, is a friend of his, is it? George is the guy that does most of the organising for him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's famous, isn't he? That's what he I said to him, so, you're not famous, you're fucking infamous. <laughs> <laughs> you walk up here now most days? I walk up here about three times a week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it kills me, but I... That's good for you though, isn't it? Well, I'm enjoying I have to keep stopping every yeah. hundred yards to get me breath. And how long would you walk for? I do about two hours. Oh. I'll walk along the golf course, I'll park along looking for golf balls. Oh, yeah. Breaks the monotony of walking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'll do that for two hours, two and a half, and then I'll walk back here. I'd be knackered. So you play with the golf yourself, don't you? Well, I try. <laughs> I try. <laughs> you ever thought of bringing Henry out? Oh, he's a fucking, he's got a huge belly on him. I think what I like about Henry, the things, the positive things I like about Henry was, he didn't just, you know, get stolen of his brain, lie under a bridge, and you know, waste his life away. Okay, you know, what end up homeless in it, you know, in, instead of you know, not having someone to go home and lock the front door. But try to you know, bet all the time you know, improve his lifestyle. All the time you know, you know, make a difference to homeless Henry. You know, and you know, he learned how to survive. Yeah, it's, it was the art of survival. You, know, you see these modern day survival things, but not really because you know, there's a your kitchen around the corner. You know, Henry had to create his own kitchen. He had to find ways of lighting his own environment. He had to find ways of heating his own environment. I mean, it was literally in 2005, 6, 7, and even back further, the art of survival, the real art of survival, 
Yo. It's getting very cold up here in London, isn't it? Well, he has a little shed down there. He's a wooden shed down there, a barn of hood. He's George and another fella. I gave him a hand to insulate it. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I was up there, you go up and walk with him and that. But On the long walk up, the forest closes in. I feel eyes are watching. Perhaps they're Henry's. George, as we get closer to the Encampment. Encampment. You can actually see how clever it is and how very well camouflaged it is. It's oh, I thought 100%. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. you're almost on top of it before you actually That's realize right, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. here. Yeah. Right. You actually have to be initially, you know, if you come up into the forest, you know, the, the forest area, you actually, on the initial finding, for want of a better word, you have to be shown. You would never see it from, you know, from you know, any roadway or any, or any you know, you know, upper hill walks or lower hill walks or farmland that way down below you will not physically not see it you know, it is well very extremely well camouflaged and um, Henry it's something I said because of Henry's you know if you like initial shyness it's something actually he's very conscious of you know he doesn't he doesn't want to be intruded on that's that's what keeps him safe because we as he mentioned earlier you, know, you have to if he's old mates in, in town you know, discover something like this, they would set fire to it out of sheer malice, you know, that always, and that's, that's something, a constant threat to Henry and his safety, you know, said, so, you know, the, the, what would you call it, he calls them the obos, the obos finding it and then having nothing better to do when he torches, you know, that would be, and that would be nearly fatal for Henry, you should, and when you think about that, that's a very serious thought, it would nearly be fatal, fatal to him. Yeah. So he's been roughly three years He's, yeah, I think yeah. he's now. I think in. I think. I think he mentioned. I think February of yeah of you know, of, of uh, two thousand and eight would be his the anniversary, the third anniversary. Yeah, and um, I said I, I think I met him after. I, I met him late summer of the first year he started here. So I've known him. I said a little over two, 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 nearly two and a half now. Yeah, yeah. He used to walk up with me around there, but now since he's got this computer, he's writing his life story and all down there, writing a book. <laughs> Hi, my name is Thomas Henry and I would like to tell you a story about myself and this is the story of how I came to be in this situation. It all started back in 1998. Most people take for granted that people like me and others that live on the streets or under bridges or even under a bush are a big problem and are either on drugs or alcoholics may have a mental problem. Yes, some do, but uh, some are easily misunderstood. I don't have a problem like some. I just like to do what suits me and not to be herded into a hostel like herds of cattle. We have dignity and pride and we are human beings. Think about it. You walk down the street and see a homeless person sitting on the ground and he or she asks for a bit of change. What is your reaction? Yeah. Go across the other side of the street to avoid that homeless person. But that homeless that person is someone's brother or sister or son or daughter and yet they are treated like scum or worse. Each one of those individuals had a life and family or something went wrong and they ended up in the situation that they are in. Henry has retreated from the world into the sanctuary of a wooden cell. Well, this is a little um, 
shed, garden shed, someone was thrown out and I asked them for it and they, they gave it to me. Had to take it apart and bring it up in sections, although like uh, it's a solid object and well it's a lot warmer than the tent. I have a lot of problems with the tent because the rats are coming in after me food. The rats like they crawl all over me while I'm in the tent and I get fed up with it you know so I've uh, went along and got this place here which uh, is my shed it's six foot by eight foot it's not very big it has a window doors where I can like uh, close and lock keep the wind out and keep the weather at bay which is good I got a roll of felt and put it on the roof to uh, insulate it and then I taped up some boards inside of first thing I had to do like that it was like the wind blowing straight through when I first set up and I got this uh, aero board and I cut it out the si sides and uh, put it into in between the lats and uh, stapled it in holding it in place then after that I had to go along and get this uh, fiber board and fiber board had to be I got a few sheets and had to cut them out in size cut them out in sections and put them up and nailed them up to give me uh, a little bit of insulation I have this clear plastic which went down first and I have it on the floor with a little bit of carpet. It doesn't really make the difference but it, it's a bit, big difference than the tent. See in the tent I'm on my hunkers all the time and in bad weather it can be 23 hours a day, 23 and a half hours a day sitting in there and uh, getting up like the only time I'd actually get up to get out would be to either to go to sleep or to uh, like to go out and use the forest to go toilet and uh, at least in the shed now like I have a table and a, and a chair and I can sit down and relax and uh, I can have my dinner up at uh, an easy level I have a cooker beside me here Sheds like become cluttered over time to find one thing he must shift a dozen like others saying, well, but despite the clutter Henry seat. loves to list his possessions on the floor here's my sleeping bag that's my bed for the night and uh, I have pots and pans and a few bits and pieces that I've built up since I've been here, you know. Like, I'm not crazy, like, to go out and spend me money on drink or spend me money on anything like the, uh, that other guys in the city centre do. I would rather, like, uh, put money by and, like, have it for something I need. Like, if I needed, like, this computer, which is unusual, people think, but I paid by the week for it and... Now I have it, and it's uh, it's a bit of company for me. I have um, a, a, sol a solar panel, which in the summer I can harness the sun's uh, rays to charge up a car battery. The car battery I connect to an inverter, which actually gives me the power to operate a computer, to operate uh, a DVD player I have there, or the little TV, or whatever I want to use. Do you miss family? Yeah, I I do like um <coughs> This is what it's like. Whenever I try to get close to Henry's story, he sidesteps me. Like say this, that's my bow I made myself. Yeah. Like uh if you wanna run up there and see how quickly I can get you before you get too far. Yeah? Well, I just use this <coughs> As an arrow, like, you know. It's not bad, but it's the only thing that I got straight up here. Whereas the, uh, got the idea from 
something else like I was trying to use that for uh, see that's an arrow there uh, somewhere over there there's a bow with an old plastic one it's a kid's toy but like even shooting at the rats like uh, you know it gets them off that's the main problem here is the rats but I managed and so do you get the rats more in the daytime than the nighttime or do they oh more in the daytime yeah at night actually the mice come out yeah look at them up there now look they're behind you there. you see scar that's scar that, that rat there you can see yeah he's called scar because he has a scar in his nose where he had a fight with another one to claim this territory as his yeah scar is <coughs> about the size of a small terrier and henry fails to notice my horror <coughs> you can see he's the daddy all right can't you mm -hmm. yeah he he controls all the others like you know even though the others know when they get bigger they will actually go for him yeah. but up here you see with nature these creatures like the rats they grow to a, a bigger size than what you'd expect as you can see for yourself like that's not a little rat that's a big rat and, uh, have you ever been bitten by one of them no never the rat will never bite you that's one thing people get mixed up about is rats because rats are like uh, that's what they're more afraid of us than, they, than we are of them and there's an old saying where if a rat attacks you it'll, it'll go for your throat yeah. if you corner a rat if a rat won't no the thing he'll go for is your shoulder he's going to try and jump onto your shoulder and jump off to the other side to get away to escape he's more afraid of you than you are him at one time like uh, I woke up <coughs> in a park and like uh, there was rats on my leg I thought like uh, something fell and was resting on my legs when I woke up and like it was, uh, it was about 10 or 12 rats just on me they were using my body for heat and they knew what like I was warm you see if you're lying somewhere and the rats crawl around you like they're more or less seeking the heat off your body to stay with themselves whereas if uh, you're cold your legs are cold and you're cold and your body is, with the blood pressure down low well your body will be cold and then these these guys will come along and they will uh, start to at any given moment there's about if 10 of them running around our feet if you're warm they'll just use your heat to stay warm themselves as you can see, like, now there's, look at Daddy there. <laughs> He's uh, a big fella. That right, Scar. I always call him Scar because of him. He often comes up and he climbs up this tent here and sits there, like, looking at me. You know, as to say, food. <laughs> and then the squirrel does the same. He comes up to here and goes up on his hind legs with his two, two front paws to his chest like this, as to say, please, can I have food? They have their own way of doing it. Whereas the uh, the birds, now when they want food first thing in the morning, they come along and they go to the roof here and they go like start knocking with their beak, like pecking at the roof, as to say like uh, breakfast time, get up and get us our breakfast. We're hungry. <coughs> now you've probably seen rats down in the city and all that like they don't come near you like you know and they always run off but look at these fellas coming like up to us like that one that passed there like you know you don't get that in the city but you get it up here because these fellas are used to people like me if you cast your mind back to um can you actually remember what caused you to run away that first occasion yes my dad's fist so 
so let me still start my pet squirrel coming out for his looks. I tell me, is there one thing now that you'd like to make yourself more comfortable here? Kid? One thing, what would you be? <sighs> an extension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd love to make an extension on this, even like to, because I have an awful lot of stuff in it. Like this shed's only six foot by eight foot, and like I have me cooker in it, one side of my kitchen, another side of my sitting room, and my bedroom's on the floor there, sleeping bag, and a couple of like a pillow and a few sheets, and that like that's my bed, as I say, and like uh, putting a few other things in which I have in, like I don't have much room, I have everything hanging on the walls all the way around, and I've no room anywhere for like. If I wanted to have a good stretch, you know, like when I'm lying down, I have to stretch to my left. I have stuff here at the bottom of where the bed is, and I can't put my feet straight down. So, like, uh, if I could, I'd love to have an extension of this and, uh, like, bring it down a bit and even make another one onto this and uh, have one then, like, as a just a bedroom and office sort of thing and, well something like that and then have this just as a, a sitting room and like you'd be able to move around a bit more in it then with, with the bed taken out of it having the beds like another bar like if i took this wall down here and moved the back maybe uh six feet and then put sides on and put a roof on and like nailed up and made a waterproof well then that'd be perfect like what's your favorite time of the year up here uh, winter Mm, because not many people come around, like less people and less problems. Summer like is uh, long nights and like a lot of drinking and problems with people around. You hear all the commotion out there and the rats chasing away the squirrels. And the squirrels trying to get all the nuts. Hey. How do you protect yourself then in the summertime when the, there's a lot of activity up in the car park? Well, I keep myself well camouflaged. There's plenty of leaves on the trees and the bushes, so like I'm not um, detected. I used to put traps up, and uh, that was grand. It was keeping uh, intruders out, or it would alert me of uh, intruders in the area. What sort of traps would you use? Uh, snares, mainly small snares. I dig a little hole, put a stake in the ground, tie a piece of twine on it to make a noose, and just cover it over with a bit of grass. When you walk into the hole, you walk into the noose, you move your leg as you walk, and then it tightens up on your ankle and just pulls you down. Now, sometimes I might have something on the ground waiting for you, which can be something sharp or something like glass or... I can make these little stakes and just stick them in the ground, which will uh, give you some pain when you do land. And if something like that happens to you, you're not going to continue on like with leading hands. You're going to turn around and go for medical attention, get help and clean yourself up. So that will sort of um, keep you like from coming down, you know. And if that, when that happens, that's grand. That's my way of keeping myself safe. So far it's worked. Uh, yeah. But like, <coughs> there's people that live on mountains all around and like once they keep themselves covered and 
clear out, you know, like there's no problems. They won't be bothered, you know, whereas uh, if you're sitting out in the open, like uh, there's a chance that somebody's going to come along and like try and rub you. You know, I always make rules with the rats and other things that might bother me. That's to say, like, uh, no past this point. That's why a dog can go and pee against some place and that's, he's marking his territory. I do the same and I mark my territory around the shed and the rats don't come up to me, they don't bother me and that's, um, that's the way it works. As they say, you don't bite the hand that feeds you. And have you ever had um, occasion to live off the land here now with the squirrels? That's yeah, well I had to try, like, you know, like to say, if if I hadn't got anything left, what else would I do? Well, okay, one time I caught a rat and killed it, you know, and like uh, cut it up a bit and put bits and pieces of it in a stew, which wasn't too bad. But the, the squirrel was much nicer, you know. The only problem with the squirrel was skinning it. you got to take a sharp blade. I used a Stanley blade to cut the skin off and... You know, you sort of feel pity for them because they're like just trying to survive as I am, and well, as as I said before, the sweat survival of the fittest. So, if they're uh, here for food and I'm I'm looking for them for food, we have to like uh, compromise. So I'll only, I'll only take like one of each family and like leave it at that. You know, you have to have to survive somehow. It's like when they, when they stopped paying me for the two weeks and I had nothing, you know, like, um, I just, uh, how you say, I went down low on beans and peas and I said I had to try something, you know, so. I'd done it before, like, uh, one of the rats, it was somewhere else and, like, uh, the thing I found out about rats is when you catch one and kill it, you cut it up and you throw bits and pieces of it, like, around the camp or wherever you are, it'll keep all the other rats away. They smell that and they smell that and they won't come near you. And it's a good way of, like, deterring. It's just as good as, as good as any rat poison. A couple of weeks later, I see that the improvements have begun. So, are you going to move your shed or well, what George was saying to me... Tommy is there to offer free advice. Put this up in there. Put what? Put that shed in there, set it up in there. This one? No, the one that's out there. That What I could do there is, uh, like, put some stuff in there, even set up in the kitchen. I take the table and the cooker and the bottle of gas and take You're the chair... You're not it on here. What? Join it onto this. No, sure. Tree, there's trees all around. And like, it's only four foot, isn't it? No, it's five foot by five. Five, five, five. Yeah. So, like, even the ground here is uneven. Like, I'd never be able to connect it. I would love it. Of course you would. Connect up the blocks would bring that up. Oh. You could cut them roofs anyway. There, mm. no problem. See the plastic roll of plastic there now. I could have the shed there and run a canopy to frame the wood and string, and I could have just walk along here straight into it. You know, as I was saying to George, well, that means cooking me dinner in there and running back here to eat it. You know. And the, the You're like a monk, haven't that your shyster? Yeah. <laughs> how often do you get reviewed? It used to be every year. For Henry to survive, he has to collect his social welfare each week. He is now due his next review. But then like, uh, they start bringing you in then every year. Then it was six months and now it's three months. They were bringing it down lower and lower. Like Seamus Brennan says, by 2010, that there'll be no homeless left in Dublin. 
we see what they're doing is people that will not go in they're just cutting the money off and put the file down file closed so then they get everybody non-payments and uh, they turn around and say well there's no homeless in Dublin there's no files here you know no files on homeless people so like uh, Minister Brennan would go before the dial and say all this but then somebody would look, I'd like to get somebody in there to take, take these photographs I'll have of homeless people living in Dublin still on the present day and say well like if there's no homeless in Dublin who are all these people you know like why are they sleeping on the bridges and in doorways and on the streets like if they're not if there's no homeless in Dublin okay they stop paying them that's all they done they knock out that file you know clean out the file but other than that they're you know still there <laughs> when is your next review well you see this is the thing what they do is I go down every tourist and get paid and uh, the tourists I go down when I get paid and there's no money there that means they want me to come in now tourists in Friday down there is very very hectic you know it's queued up for hours and I get a sort of like uh, panicky uh, around a crowd of people you know like uh, especially guys like from like my own situation I don't like uh, crowds like around especially being in, in there like you know so like uh, I'd be outside for most of the time most of the period I'd be outside and then I would uh, what you call it like when it's when my number comes up okay I go in if it's not I have to go in and I be in there for another hour waiting for my number to be called you know and I'd be cracking up like you know I'm looking at the doors they're closed the shutters are down and I'm inside and looking at the number 54 and I'm number 64 and like you know there's guys there like and you go out for smoke and they follow you out gives a rope gives a smoke gives a smoke you know it's the thing the worst of it Maybe one day I know I will find somewhere to live and come back indoors become a, a human being again instead of uh, Grizzly Adams in the mountains or whatever you want to think of me of as they say what's Santa bring, bringing you I know you can bring me a nice woman <laughs> I tell you been so long without one I wouldn't know what to do <laughs> and, uh, there. like I've been around the world I've been engaged three times and married twice. I've children, grandchildren, and like, uh, well, I've been on my tod now for a couple of years, and well, that's, that's the way it is, you know, that's the way to be. Like, I've, I used to go to the pub, like, and I'd meet a woman there getting on great, and I'd invite her back to my place, and she'd say, Yeah, and then when I tell her where my place is, you must be joking. No, I said, really? He said, you want me to sleep in a tent in the mountains? I know. Where, where, what planet are you from? You know, I get all these funny questions asked to me, like, you know, they, they don't believe me, you know. Did you ever love somebody that didn't love you? Did you ever feel like crying and think, what good it'll do? Do you ever look into his eyes and say a little prayer? Did you ever look into his heart 
wish that you were there. Do you ever see him dancing when the lights were low? I whisper, God, I love him, but I'll never let him know. And then it starts, you don't know why, you worry night and day. You find, my friend, you're losing him. I said I wouldn't pay. So when I say, don't fall in love, you'll be hurt because it's true. Believe me, sweetheart, I ought to know I am in love with you. If there was one thing you could change, if you could wave a magic wand and go back to a certain moment and move on and forward from that point, what would it be? Uh, can I offer you a cup of tea? <laughs> I'd love them. Yeah, that's good. If you don't mind. No. You don't you like after all this talking. Oh, yeah. Not sure, like you know, there's a lot of things I could love to change. Well, one thing is like when leaving home to go in a different direction. Like all our destinies are paths throughout our lives, and everyone's destiny and fate is made out for them. It's wrote down. You can't change it. You can't go left for it. You can't go right for it. So. You gotta like follow your path. And the way it is is that I should have, uh, how you say, years ago I should have just took a different path. But as they say, all, all, all roads lead to nowhere. So where would you end up? Back, you know? Henry's children may be unaware of his circumstances. I'd hate them to like hear this on the radio, you know? Yes. And what did they say? Uh, although, I'd say they probably heard it somewhere, or from someone. When is the last time you saw them? <clears throat> About seven years ago. Like my son now, he's big guy, over six foot, seventeen. My daughter, she's married with, uh, well, she's three kids all together. Then uh, the others, like I don't know, like I don't know how they're doing or where they're doing or what. Are your parents alive? No, they died a long time ago. They died back in the 80s. <coughs> well, if, if my parents were alive today, I wouldn't be in this situation. Why? Well, my mother would have had me in the house brought me back to the house to live there, you know. Another living out and get me sorted out. 
what mother would like to let her, one of her children live out on the streets when they have a house with a spare room or something to that like that, you know. And you say you were married twice. Um, are your your wives alive and well? Yeah, as far as I know, like uh, one wife is uh, well, I don't know where she is, and the other one same. Like um, they just get on with their lives, you know. They do their own thing and. I do my own thing and that's the way it's to be. Yeah, sometimes like I play some songs that I used to play like for me and my ex-wife and like in happier days, happier times and like uh, I'd be just here and completely in darkness and I'd be just listening to them songs and you know, the sentimentality of me would just uh, make me feel down, depressed. And I'd remember all the good times with my wife and children. And, you know, I sort of, well, wished I got to turn back the clock, which I couldn't. But like just being there and uh, well, being here and sitting here and miles away from them. I don't know where they are or how they are or anything about them. When was the last time you saw any of your children? Um, <coughs> I'd say maybe in uh, 2001. And that was about the last time I saw the kids. And was that a, a happy occasion or was it a difficult one? Well, they're in foster care so like they were being brought up by diff different families and like seeing them and watching them go away you see it was great to be there to meet them and like going in somewhere having something to eat with them having a chat with them it was good but then like when they're going and the caseworker takes them away back to their foster parents and like i feel like so alone that something Somebody put their hand into my chest and just took my heart out, you know, and I hated it like that. I hated seeing them go because then I wouldn't see them for another month or so. And, you know, the part of them walking away was always the, the, the hardest part, the saddest part. And I didn't like, like that. So a few problems like with the caseworker, social workers, uh, outreach workers, everything like that, I just... Um, sort of gave up on me, children. Well, we're down in Rafano village and we're going down to the post office and to see if that machine will click to, to see if the payments continue to go through at the moment. As, uh, like, it's hard to tell with them because they stopped me before and they gave me the time period, which was four months. And, uh, well, they're gone over, so I don't know whether they're just going to leave me alone and let me just collect my payments and survive. And uh, if not, well, we'll find out in a few minutes when I go into the post office. Once you hear the machine going, you'll know, like, the, I'll be getting paid. 
Starts ringing off, that's when I make it happy. happy. Well, at least I know it. There's money there. Oh, yeah, that's. That'd be something to look forward to. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 20, 40, 60, 80, 5, 80. Thanks very much. That's grand, thank you. Okay, See you now. Yeah, thanks. I, like I said, I was quite happy to hear that sound of the machine. You never know what way it's going to turn out. Text, didn't you? I did, yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. One seven five by one seven four, yeah. Five eight. So what is the plan with it now? What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to try and make a little kitchen up here, which will give you a bit more room over there. I'd be able to like do a bit of cooking and store a lot of stuff. Even like take some stuff out of that tent and maybe move that tent somewhere else, like, and uh, use this as a storeroom. He's got his money, and the extension is nearly finished. Why won't they just let me stay up here? I know I can't stay here forever, indefinitely, which I would love to. I'd love to be rolling out there in my wheelchair, you know, when I'm 85 or something. Or maybe just two, two canes walking out and getting around like that sort of way. I've made a lot of friends with animals, and when I go, who's going to feed them? Who's going to look after them? You know, somebody will have to grab a few tourists and chop them up for the animals. I won't be able to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right, that's it. Dinner, dinner. <laughs> Time and weather are catching up with Henry. How long do you think can Henry exist up here? Not very much longer. No. What, what do you think will bring about? A bad winter, change? and he's now been diagnosed as um, asthmatic, and he, he's also. For the first time in his life, he's on blood, high blood pressure tablets. You know, again, presumably because of his age and you know the, the lifestyle he's led. So I think um, this winter could be a, could actually literally be a deciding factor in his life. You know, uh, you could, you know. I don't like thinking about it, but I think he need, you know, I think he needs. It's time for him to move on. You know, I think he needs to be moved into. To use my phrase, try you know, accommodation. You know, bachelor flat. You know, self-contained. You know. I wonder now if I ever really found Henry. A kickstart, you know, uh, you know, just kick him in the right direction and point him in the right direction and let him off again. And I think, you know, I think he's capable of, you know, I mean, he's 51, he's 51 now, Henry, is it? Yeah, 53. 53. But even at 53, you know, I mean, okay, there's some things he won't be able to do, you know, he's not going to be head of Trinity College or whatever. But I mean, you know, I believe that he can, he can still, you know, he can still create a life for Henry over the next 10-15 years, you know, positive life. He turns his back on us and he watches a storm gather over the city. Well, we have, uh, the wind is blowing, um, what would it be, it would be southeast, and there seems to be a mist of rain coming in from the northwest. It's covering the city there at the moment, and I'd say down there at the moment they're getting little splashes of rain and it won't be long before it comes up here. The city lights are switched on, twilight gathers around us, 
and once again the forest swallows Henry.